Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Starting another good week of futuristic goodness here. So, yeah, I'm great. This is kind of our first normal week in a while. Not to say that the... The past few weeks haven't been normal, but they've been odd. I mean, we've, we've been doing either these pre-recorded holiday shows, or last week we did our 700th show celebration all week, and it was fantastic and fun, and we had Thomas Fry with us. But this is just, you know, just the two of us just kind of doing our, our regular thing. Doing our stick, so. right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's old home yeah. week here at uh, the World Transform. That's right. Just, just bringing it home. But, but, you know, we've had so much fun with so many positive scenarios that we're going to we're going to bring it down a little bit. You know, we, we, we talk about the Pareto rule. We talk about the 80-20 division between focusing on positive outcomes and negative outcomes. And so we're going to do a one-two punch between today's show and Wednesday's show. We're going to talk about how things could be spinning off in a really negative direction for the world today. And then on Wednesday, we're going to reverse that, and we're going to, we're going to look at how things might be going in a, in a really positive direction. We, we were looking at these topics, and we realized that uh, there were too many on both sides to fit comfortably into one show. So what the heck, we'll just do one full, I don't know, we'll call it the buzzkill show here on, uh, on, on the World Transform. We're going, to, we're going to take it down, because I think we have to look at these issues, and we have to think about them. But then we're going to look at the other side on Amazing Wednesday, and... Come Friday, you know, we'll just have we'll have fun with lots of futuristic topics. So I, I guess it's kind of like would, pay, paying our dues, right? Is what we're yeah, doing. yeah. Well, I, I would I would uh, tell our audience, hey, uh, don't 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 leave us over this uh, on this particular show because hey, uh, we're going to present even this even this negative stuff. We tend to put a positive spin on it because uh, that's us. But uh, hey, we got to look at these things. So yeah, anyway, we, it'll be we, fun. we just can't we'll help make, ourselves. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the way we are. So this first one, this was great. This is actually a, a three-year-old show, a three-year-old, excuse me, uh, blog post that I stumbled upon talking about the toxoplasma of rage. And I'll tell you, this was really interesting to me because I just think it explains so well where the divisiveness in politics comes from today. Right. Better than anything I've, I've, read, I've read before. It, it, it talks about things that were big current news stories at the time, talking about um, controversies going on around people, uh, the, the Detroit water situation, which I don't know that that's gotten a lot better, but you know it was a huge news story a couple, three years ago, and talking about Ferguson, Missouri, where, where there were uh, big protests going on related to, to Black Lives Matter. And what this author does, let me, let me give you this person's name well i'm not saying it right off the 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 blog is called slate star codex and uh, oh scott alexander is his name what he does is he points out that these most toxic these most painful controversial cases 
the, the, the ones that seem to get people at each other's throats and make people so enraged are actually marginal cases. They're actually kind of fringe cases. The ones that get all the national attention um, are actually based on kind of, I don't know, spotty evidence or they're, uh, they're, they're problematic in some way. And it talks about Ferguson, the fact that that is not the complete clean cut and dried case of police brutality. Because if you had that one, almost everyone would agree on it anyway, right? <laughs> there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be this, this, big, this big contentious issue going on. In the case of uh, Detroit, it talks about how PETA was offering to pay people's water bills for them or, or get them clean water if they agreed to stop eating meat, right? And he talks about this other group, this other vegan group that does all this good work and gets the message out for veganism and, and does it in a very positive way. And guess what? You've never heard of them, right? So, <laughs> and that, and that's, isn't that the way? You know, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, you have to throw red paint on uh, people to uh, to to become known, and um, and and so I, you, you see the you see the backlash. You you see, uh, you know, bumper stickers that says "People eating tasty animals." You right. Know, uh, right. Right. You know, because and it's and and in a way that's still Peter getting some attention, right? I mean. If if, uh, if if even the backlash is attention, and, and, and in I fact, think they the, thrive the, on it. yeah, well, as, as as he points out, the backlash is almost inevitable. So what PETA does is it drives behavior that is the opposite of its charter. It drives people, some people, into a position that is the opposite of its charter, but it gives them the attention they want. So the trade-off seems worth it. That that's kind of the thesis here. That. Right. That, that he writes about, and it's not that's not just PETA, and it's not just Black Lives Matter. It, it appears to, it appears to work this way for just about every big contentious, uh, controversial issue that that we deal with. Where where you think, and we've talked about this so many times. You know, does it seem like the world is getting just so much more divided? Does it seem like people are just a lot angrier with each other than they used to be? And has social media enabled? some new dynamic and it feels like maybe it actually has here because you know there there was a time when this kind of immediate feedback loop that enabled these kinds of stories to go viral and get the kind of attention that they're getting didn't exist right but now it does right. and 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 so now that's the that's the mechanism by which it happens you take a, you take an edge case can produce an outrageous headline that will charge up one side and make the other side really angry and potentially set the other side against you. So you might even lose ground in some places. And yet, um, I, I don't know, almost in a game theory kind of a way, it's worth it for you to lose ground if you get the attention. Or at least that's the trade-off that, that most of these causes seem to be making. Right? They'll, they'll, they'll go well, ahead and lose ground if they, if they get the attention. I, I thought it was interesting. You know, he uh, he he said, you know, nationally, um, it turns out it's it's something considerably less than ten percent of reported rape cases turn out to be bogus, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's not. You know, mo most reported rape cases are um, are uh, you know are truthful, and uh, and yet uh, the, the the cases that uh, get all the hype uh, or tend to get the hype 
uh, the, the turn out to be bogus a lot more often. He points to the uh, Rolling Stones article. You know, it, it, and the thing is, you know, they they go for these uh, uh, go for these stories that have all these salacious details, right? That turn and it turns out to be completely made up. And, right. And at least in that one case, it did. And uh, they, you know, the that publication took a beating over it. But uh, you know that they took a chance at going, you know, going for this poorly sourced thing because of the salacious details and what, and what they thought they would get out of it. And uh, I think the backlash uh, was a little more, it was, uh, was more negative for Rolling Stone than, than what they had hoped for. But, uh, you know, at any rate, it was, uh, uh, that's, that's an, an interesting example of, uh, you know, trying to move the ball politically with stories that are poorly sourced. And that, yeah, well, uh, it has, it has to be the poorly sourced, edge case it has it has to be the marginal yeah. case because the truth is everybody agrees about rape. yeah i right? mean there's no pro, there's no pro-rape contingent in this yeah country. yeah there's there's there's, 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 there's no, no real, there's no real controversy farm. about it yeah. yeah yeah there's no pro factory farm grassroots movement either is there uh there's there's uh, nobody who thinks that's good who thinks it's yeah. awesome that animals are raised that way or the the suffering they go through now m- most people kind of live in a you know, I don't think about it too much kind of a state because yeah. they're going to keep eating meat and, and they don't like thinking about it, right? But right. but um, the only behavior that PETA has managed to change in their kind of extremist tactics on trying to raise issues, raise the issue is they have created that whole people-eating tasty animals, right? The whole pushback where some, yeah. some people say... Uh, you know, I'm just a mega meat eater, and I'm into it, and blah blah blah. Peter's not going to tell me what to do. You know, to right. to, to to the point where, um, I think, you know, there's 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 uh, there's just not there, there's not a good outcome that Peter can get right from from their efforts. Wh- what they do is they slowly they slowly kind of cut off their own tail. They they or they, excuse me, they cut off their nose to spite their face, right? Going, going down the road. And the example that he gives in here about Ferguson I thought was really interesting. It's like, what are they trying to achieve? Well, they're trying to get it where police wear body cameras. And if you look, people were like 80% in favor of that before Ferguson. Yeah. It, today, they're about 90% in favor of it. Did 10% become more in favor because of Ferguson? Probably not. You know, it was right. probably these other... He talks about these other cases that probably actually pushed it in that direction well, so you know probably it was it was it comes down to more people becoming aware that such a thing exists right I exactly mean, yeah and and and, uh, and and it turns and it turns out that our cops are are uh, are more professional when they're wearing a camera you know it's just uh it, it's you know there you're if you're all if you're always under scrutiny then you, your your behavior uh reflects that and uh and, that, and it's a good thing. So, uh, it's an, it, that's an example of how the uh, uh, how technology comes to the uh, rescue of us in a lot of you know in a lot of these social problems. The body cameras here, and in the case of uh, in the case of animals and the and the ethical treatment of them, uh, I think ultimately there's a technological solution there. We will be eating meat in the future. It just won't be animal uh, uh, sourced, will it? It's uh, We'll uh, we'll find other ways to make our meat uh, in the lab or whatever, right? Absolutely. So. And the thing is, if PETA pushed for that, again, they would be pushing for something that um, 
maybe wouldn't get the outrage attention. Although they should think about that because at least that's weird enough that it does get some media notice. Right. But well, it's, um, it's, a, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, environmentalists are never going to push for nuclear power, right? But it's what they ought to be pushing for, in my opinion. Uh, and, and, you know, if, you want, if, if you're interested in, uh, uh, you know, uh, less car, uh, carbon being uh, uh, admitted into the atmosphere, you, you push for that solution. Uh, and, and I don't know that vegans will ever get behind uh, any kind of meat, right? Because that, to them, that's gross. But uh, that, the, the problem of uh, how we treat animals, I think, will be solved by something that vegans won't, by and large, get behind. Well, be, I definitely there are some vegans. There are some vegans who are definitely uh, all for factory, or excuse me, vat uh, meat, right? I've, I've oh, I'm sure. Seen, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm overstating it to make a point. Uh, I'm yeah. saying, you know, but you're right. You're right. The, and and there's lots of vegetarians who are, you know, in the transhumanist movement. There's a lot of vegetarians who say, yeah, yeah, bring it, bring it, you know. We're, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to, they're, they're like to start eating meat again, right? So, yeah, yeah I don't know. This didn't make the cut for this show, but I don't know if you saw over the weekend or earlier last week, there was this story in one of the British papers about, it was just, it, actually, it was a great example of how something that is just nothing becomes a big news story because it, it goes viral. But it was this woman had shared a tofurkey recipe on some, board i don't know somewhere on the on the web and it's this exchange between her and this and this other woman uh, this other woman writes and says oh this is great i love this i enjoyed it H- how long have you been a vegan and she and she writes back and she says oh, i'm not a vegan I'm, i you know i that's that's not my lifestyle she goes oh so you're a vegetarian how long have you been a vegetarian she goes no i don't i eat meat um <laughs> as it says in my profile i eat meat but um i don't like the taste of it by and large and I really enjoy tofu a lot, so I do. I put a lot of tofu recipes out. And it turned into this thing. This woman was like, "Oh, I see. So you're pretending to be a vegan, while the rest of us are actually doing it." You know, I've been a vegan, and, and, and she just goes off on her. And it's this really, uh, really interesting thing. And she tell, talks about how you know that tofu is food for us, and what you've done is essentially cultural appropriation. By oh uh, my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so unless you have the right ideas between your ears, the the good uh, of not eating an animal is completely negated. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you, if you don't, if you have the wrong meme in your head uh, while you eat while you eat the tofu, then uh, then you know that's wrong, That's bad. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, well, that, and, and, exactly. and, 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 you know, the other woman, I mean, she's finally like, oh, goodbye. I mean, she she, calls, <laughs> she gives up after a while. She right? calls her some, I mean, there's there's a few choice names called to each other, and, and it goes away. But it's one of those things where the, the thread went viral, and it was covered in a, you know, in a major major news outlet and then and then everybody gets talking about it. now here we are talking about it so i guess i'm i'm not i'm not helping any because well because you know, one, and, and instead of arguing with each other they should have you know met and ate some tofu together and uh and, and discussed things irrationally right <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah. i well, mean they're me, not that far apart they really uh, are to, not. To, well exactly yeah, they one never eats meat the other one mostly doesn't eat meat it's like okay well aren't you glad that this person mostly doesn't eat meat i mean as a vegan shouldn't that be the uh, shouldn't that be the 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 good news to you um and as the well you know some some of our choices as people we we make uh not because and that are in particular some uh, painful choices right the choice mm-hmm. to not eat meat is a bit of a painful choice you know can be uh yep and but the payoff is uh you know this feeling of righteousness right 
And, uh, yes. <laughs> and so if, uh, if somebody is uh, culturally appropriating and eating your stuff uh, and, uh, and, and has the wrong idea, then, hey, you know. <laughs> well, okay, for, for one thing, on, on the issue of cultural appropriation, of course, tofu was invented in China thousands of years ago. <laughs> and in China, they've been eating it alongside meat forever. Okay, so right, th- right. To, to tell anybody that it culturally belongs to vegans is just absurd. Okay, it's, you know it's. A... <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, I, like fireworks, that's for Fourth of July, nothing else, right? That's, 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 you know, that's American. Through through, that, it's right? an American thing, and when the Chinese, Chinese do Chinese New Year, they're culturally appropriating the Fourth of July. It's yeah, actually July, that, right. her argument is along those lines. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yes, it's, it it's about that absurd. So. Uh, yeah, so on the one hand, it's ridiculous that anybody talks about this because all you've got is an exchange between two people, and one of them's crazy. And it's like, oh, okay, so the real news story here is there's a crazy person in the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> Huge news. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but and, and yet it gets all the attention. Why does it get the attention? It gets the attention because it hits exactly the right hot buttons. It's like, well, see, right, do you right. see how these vegans are? They're they're insane, you know. And most people, most vegans, I think, would have probably said, oh, well, that's great. You don't eat meat, and thanks for sharing the tofu. Mostly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and they and they'd say, uh, we we hope that you uh, change mostly to all. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so, something like that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It. Have you know, you're almost this. there. You're almost there. Come on, and uh, take take one baby step, and you'll be vegan. So, yeah, it wouldn't have gone in that weird direction, but the one that did, yeah, this one exchange one out of about. tens yeah. of thousands, millions occurring all the time, um, that's that's the one that's the one that becomes the headline. So that's the dynamic that we're up against. Okay, that's that's the dynamic that we're up against, and that's that's what's creating how we how we view reality and how we interact with each other. So I think if there's one if there's one thing that can spin us off into into a bad future more than anything it's probably that okay is it the is it the technology that's going to i'm not sure that it is is it the is it the social and economic trends on their own i'm not i'm not sure that it will although we got a couple stories here that that do talk about that i think we're generally predisposed to think that technological development is generally poised to move us in a good direction and that any bad that comes from it, it can ultimately push us in a push us in a fairly positive direction. But here we've got this uh, Jack Ma from Alibaba. He says he expects the world to experience decades of pain. And that sounds so similar to us that I thought we should, we should share it. Because one of the things we talk about is, look, we know that down the road, technology is going to enable an economy that we describe with the term post-scarcity. And on Wednesday show, we'll talk about that a little bit further. We'll talk about Ray Kurzweil and his views on the the future of, of capitalism. We know what that looks like. We, we know that good outcome on that end. And we know what a good, strong economy looks like on this end, having experienced one in the past, and we've actually got a fairly good one going now. But what lies between those two, right? right. Um, and, ha- and how do you get from one to the other? And that's where we say, well, there might be some discomfort. There might be some pain. There might be this, there, there might be this period where we really just can't, make it work, right? And that's what, that's what Jack Ma is, is talking about here. He's talking about specifically about retail. He sees the whole retail thing falling apart, and then the people who supply to them, uh, they lack the channels that they did, and it just, you know, it's this downward spiral of the economy doesn't work. And this is the guy who sells stuff online saying this, right? So it's not, 
you know, it's not somebody working a local store making this prediction. But but he kind of starts with he kind of starts with retail and says, as that completely disappears, it dries up these other things, and then the economy really really kind of tumbles. It becomes yeah, I mean, disoriented, if, uh, I guess, if nothing else. Well, if if the local economy completely collapses, then where are people going to get the money to buy stuff online, right? I right. Mean, even, right, right. So he's you know he's he's saying that one kind of uh, uh, you know supports the other, and we got to have we got to have it all. And uh, yeah, and I, the uh, the thing that we often bring up is uh, automation and how you know so so many jobs are at risk from automation, AI, you know, robotics, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't really name a job, uh, Phil, that is not at some risk of some duties of that job being, uh, being uh, automated uh, within the next 10, 15 years, and, right. uh, th- which means that you need less of those type of people. And, and uh, so, we're, we're, you know, when uh, there are fewer of those type of people, you know, doing fewer and fewer of, the, of these jobs that remain, uh, what, what do the rest of us do? And so that's, uh, that's a little different, from I think, from the direction that Ma is coming from here. But, uh, you know, he's, he's seeing some of the same, uh, I don't know, I, 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 I kind of think of it as sort of an adolescent, uh, uh, you know, awkwardness as we move from one uh, economic system to another. Um, and you know, ultimately to be replaced by something much better. But, uh, you know, I, I, he's calling it decades. I don't see it as a decades of pain. I, I see it as a shorter period of time. Uh, I hope you do as well. Well, I, 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 hope, it's, I hope it's short. I hope it's, uh, it, it's, it's not this long period of, of turmoil. I, I think the, the problem with talking about how long it goes on or how bad it gets puts us back in the top story, right? Which is, right. W- will we even know how bad we've got it or how good we've got it when, <laughs> when we suffer from this problem of the media tells us to focus on these edge cases and that's, and that's all we ever see? We, you know, so we could, be, we could be living in a vastly improved world with a much better economy with people generally having much better outcomes than they have had up to now and hear nothing but how bleak it is, uh, how things are spinning off in the wrong direction, and, and, and how human suffering is increasing. And you know how I know that that could happen is that's a thing we talk about on the show all the time that is happening, right? <laughs> that um, I, I didn't uh, include this story, but we've talked about this before. Um, somebody last year made this analysis at the end of the year, one of those end-of-year roundups, 2017 was the best year in the history of humanity. And if that sounds familiar, it's because I think last year we did a show about how 2016 was the best year in the history of humanity, right? And it's, right. it's actually gotten Well, I mean, it's actually gotten if, I, better. if I had a time machine that could only go backwards, Phil, and not go into the future, um, you know, I, 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 would, I would use it. I'd, I'd go vacation in another year. But you know what? I, I have no interest of in living in a year prior to the year we're in, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I have zero interest in, uh, uh, because, in, in, and I know a lot of people would feel differently, and they'd like to go back to the good old days, but, uh, you know, I, I suspect that once you got back there, if you had this time machine, right, you, you'd realize, hey, this kind of sucks, 
right? I mean, yeah. uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a, you know you know you can't you can't ever go home is the uh, is the phrase. Uh, you know, and there's yeah, you can't home, go you, home again. That's right. Yeah, it can't go home again because uh, you know it, you you got this golden glow in your memory about the way things were, and when and when you uh, when, when you actually experience the way things were, um, you know it's 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 not any good. And uh, so yeah, I, I would uh, uh, things are things are really getting better all the time, but uh, we don't really give that any credence, do we? We don't give it the the respect it deserves, that we're, how good Yeah, we well, the, I mean, the, the, the problem is we may have decades of pain, but it may just be people worrying about less and less, right? It, 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 it may be people <laughs> really, really yeah. upset about these, these edge cases that we just can't get out of their mind. Or it is possible that technology really does make some things worse, right? That's the, right. Uh, that, that's, that's the other possibility. We, you know, we talk about the fact that generally technology makes us more capable, it makes us smarter, it makes it easier to do things and the world gets better. But it also does raise risks and it does raise dangers. You know, we talk about the damage that uh, technological production has done to the environment, and we don't have time to get into that, that whole thing today, but, but that's, that's, that's one way of looking at it. But it also makes us able to do stuff, I mean, actually able to do things that we haven't done before. And I thought this was a good story here. The tactic of drone warfare has now been tested in combat and not by right. a superpower. Now, here's a dystopia for you, right? When the right. drones are out there um, attacking the, the general population, right? You, you get a little bit of a Skynet picture in your mind, right? When you start picturing robot-on-human warfare. And I don't know. Uh, is, this is Russia doing this, right? What, what is, what no, is no, no, no. Russia what? on the receiving end of this. On the receiving oh. end. So who's doing it? Yeah, this is asymmetrical warfare with... Uh, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, these these drones being pieced together by uh, uh, by uh, you know by these poor populations, right? And and then throwing them with you know with bombs, right? Uh, with improv- improvised bombs, uh, throwing a bunch of them at uh, some Russian forces. Now, the Russian forces were able to bring down most of them, uh, but if, I think a few of them actually went off and caused some damage. Right. So this is that's the first time that this has ever ever happened, and it wasn't Russia doing it; it was Russia on the receiving end of it. Right. So it's, that's scary. It's, uh, really uh, a sophisticated improvised explosive device attack, is what it was. So, and I, I found it interesting that it was the it was the little guys using this, not uh, uh, not the, not not a, not a superpower. So. Well, that's that's interesting in a couple of ways. First off, it, it, you know, there there you go. People are being empowered, right? We're capable of doing things right, we couldn't right. before. <laughs> you got a small group taking on a superpower, but of course, the more widely distributed the ability to conduct asymmetrical warfare gets, and the more effective it becomes, that is scary, right? I mean, that's a right. that, that that's a potentially scary thing. Now, on the other hand, Russia has tremendous capability to deal with asymmetrical warfare and this is now a, a tactic they're, they're going to be looking at very carefully the the real scary scenario there is this starts off a an arms race between the big powerful countries and those who would like to do them harm specifically on the subject of unarmed or excuse me unmanned armed drones fighting each other right, right. That, well, that, I, I can re- see us in the future fielding forces uh, that you know, you got you got boots on the ground. Well, oh great. Well, you you got swarming around them, um, 
in a defensive posture, lots of drones to right. take out other drones that are coming at them or to, you know, to be able to see, a, you know, from a, from a high vantage point uh, dangers before, you know, and around corners and things like that. You know, I think uh, the, the superpowers will be using these drones, but uh, it's interesting that uh, that's that it wasn't it wasn't fielded first by by superpower. This is this is a uh, this is the little guys doing it in this in this instance. So I, I you know, it's just it's uh, drone warfare is going to be a thing, and uh, so you know, uh, for for better or worse. Well, you know, I'm sure in, in many ways for, for worse, but I'll give you one for better, is even if we have an arms race going on between the big powers robots and the up-and-comers robots, it's robots fighting robots at that point instead of uh, right. in, yeah. instead of uh, people fighting people or robots fighting people. So um, you, you, you get the humans out of one level, level of the, the conflict and... You know that's at least that's at least somewhat better, and I'm afraid at least somewhat better is about as good as we can get it on our uh, on our all buzzkill show. So there it is. Um, yes, we're we're fighting a, a future where potentially things are worse, but the real danger might just be that we see things worse than than they've actually been in the past. And on Wednesday, breathe a sigh of relief. We're going to take a look at some evidence that maybe things aren't getting worse, that maybe things are getting better. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that as much as I am, Stephen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. And with that, I will say thank you all for being with us. We will be back on Wednesday. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs> 